Hey my friends, how are you doing? Have you been trying to take that first big leap towards your goal and yet not been able to? Well, that makes two of us. Let's jump into this episode and find out that how you can take your first big leap with conviction. Hey there, I am Ishani Nigam and you have tuned into my first step ever podcast. I realized life's too short to postpone your dreams and too long to live someone else's. So after failing thousand times, I'm finally on a journey to fulfill my dreams of impacting people's life through what I do the best, entertain and educate through podcasting, digital content creation and thought leadership. On this podcast, I uncover stories that help you see why you must do what you want in life build conviction to follow them and how to build systems to sustain them and if you are an entrepreneur or a brand seeking exactly the same then i'm up for a chat on my instagram handle which is at my first step ever underscore in but for now if you want to achieve your goals and build never failing systems then what are you waiting for let's get started welcome on my first step ever the 80th episode where we are trying to understand that how do you take that first big leap and how do you build that conviction with an amazing entrepreneur with us today and what is so interesting about him is that it's not the kind of you know the role or the title that is attached to his role that really excites him it is the work that he does that really excites him so please join me welcoming jeremy jeremy nagel all the way from australia melbourne hi jeremy hi shani great to be here I'm so excited to have you on my first step ever Jeremy and I would love my audience to know a little bit more about you. Jeremy is a software developer turned entrepreneur who's slightly obsessed with habits. Now that is very interesting because habits make your character and that's all that really shines in a person. Jeremy also likes to start each day with a 3-hour morning routine. Wow. and sometimes surprises colleagues by busting out as a setup of push-ups during meetings to keep the energy high wow i think that would really really make people surprise at that point in time while they're like neck deep in some problem and they're stressed out so good on you <laughs> and when he's not working on startups he's he enjoys cross country skiing trail running cycling with his wife wow that makes you such an amazing person not in just ways of you know that you're giving time to yourself but you're also taking out time for people that you really care for so jeremy welcome on my first step ever and i think there's lot understand in your journey but let's just go back the time when you were just growing up you were in your teenage times i would really like to understand where, what was your background where do you come from that's interesting thinking that to say when i was 15 or 16 i think i was a typical teenage boy i liked video games i didn't necessarily study as hard as i should have but it probably was a bit of a turning point for me around the age of 17 i was in a selective entry high school where the academic pressure was really high and i started to realize that my tendency to get home and just chill out by playing games until about 8 p.m. before i do my homework I was starting to realize that wasn't really serving me well. 
I'd previously been able to coast quite well and get very good marks without trying very hard. But when it came to year 10 and 11, I started performing less well in maths and some of the other trickier subjects. I think a bit of a, a mindset, mindset shift there for me was realizing that I had to replace the games with something else that I needed another way of coping with the stress. Because I think ultimately the reason that I was spending that much time playing RuneScape, this online role-playing game, was that I wanted a way to deal with the anxiety that I felt from study. Because it was such a competitive environment, I, I guess I probably felt a bit of imposter syndrome being around the other kids that were very smart and very hardworking. And that definitely made me feel a bit inadequate at times. And so I'd try and soothe those feelings by going and killing some chickens on RuneScape or doing some, doing some quests there, which helped me to feel like I, I was actually good at something. But I, I realized that yeah, it, it, was, it was affecting my schoolwork and it was also starting to become less cool. I think when I was 13, RuneScape was cool, but when I was 16, 17, it wasn't so cool. So I started, I shifted. I'm not really sure what caused me to get into running, but when I was about 16 or 17, I did running as a cross-country or as a, a school sport activity. We had it every Tuesday afternoon that you had to do a sport. I wasn't very coordinated, wasn't good at golf or volleyball or anything like that, but I was actually decent at running and I started to do more of that because I found that it actually really helped to deal with the anxiety as well. I'm not sure if you run yourself, but there's this thing called a, a runner's high you ever experienced that when you're doing endurance exercise? It's just a really nice feeling where it, it makes you feel chilled out and it really helped to melt away the anxiety for me. And I found that having that aspect of leveling up with my running, it gave me the same kind of feeling that I got with RuneScape where I would see my, my level go up in my defense score or my attack score. But I started to realize that that same mindset of leveling up could be applied in other domains, not just in video games, but I could become better at school. I could become better at my fitness. And I, I really embraced that attitude of improvement. I think that carry, carried forward from that point onwards that I started to get pretty good at running and that boosted my self-esteem, helped me to, to feel like I could actually cope with some of the pressures. And I ended up doing really well in high school as a result. I think that that mindset shift there of taking the leveling up from the video games into schoolwork and running. But that's very intriguing because I think what you're actually mentioning about having an imposter syndrome, and this is so relevant to all of us. While, I mean, I think if they're a teenager, we're just growing up, or even we are like in the mid twenties or mid thirties, at every time we are actually subjected to different kinds of, you know, insecurities and one mm. being imposter syndrome, because also that's the time when you're trying to figure out who we really are, what we really mm. want, what we really stand for. It was really nice that you mentioned that you somehow found something that in which you could, you know, uh, place your trust in and that you really did well. So that gave you a sense of, you know, satisfaction that yes, you are good at something and that you are hitting some sort of goals that you have set for yourself. And that gives you a very positive feedback that you know that you have some kind of strength and you are just uh, trying to figure out what you really want. So this is a very good pathway, you know, for people who are also trying to deal with this situation that who they really are or, you know, what people really think about them and they're very shy, very insecure. 
to i would say that's all normal and that's something that we've always been addressing on this podcast you know from different stories that come up and i like in your situation that how you found way out to kind of feel better about yourself and really trying to improve yourself that yes you can do it and mm-hmm. moving on from there when you mentioned that you started you know running and then you felt that high you felt good and that's how you started improving because the confidence that was built in you i think it's all mind game and once you had that in your mind that yes you are good enough it started even showing in the different aspects of your life could be your studies as well so mm-hmm. that's a very interesting takeaway i think from your story over here so moving on from there jeremy once you had this feeling of you know you got this you're improving in your life you were in your college days what were you you know occupying your mind with what were the activities that you were into and how did you come about you know start start developing softwares i can see your interest in gaming but yeah how did that all start Mm, it's it's funny in a way that my entrepreneurship career started when I was playing RuneScape, and I discovered that it was very boring to, for example, mine coal, which was a good thing in RuneScape, probably not a good thing in the broader world. But you had to repetitively click on things, whether it's to attack chickens or to mine copper. And I I joined this community of people who had hacked into the system and found a way to essentially write cheat bots. that's how I learned to code. I was very motivated to get better at this game. And I, I realized that due to my, my study pressure, I, I couldn't be staying up the whole night attacking chickens on my own. And I, I learned through this community how to write a Java bot that would be able to attack chickens when I was asleep. And I ended up wow. that it wasn't a real business, but I did sell for gold pieces in the game that access to my the little app that I had built it's sounds funny but th- that was a a really good way for me to learn how to code people often ask me these days because I'm a programmer now how should you learn to code and i i think the answer for me was to find a project that i really cared about which for me was playing runescape and then build something around that from there i went through university and i had done a leadership program where there was a bit of an emphasis on social entrepreneurship i got into startups from that program where people were talking about that you could create change in the world not just through charity but also through social entre- enterprises where you can have essentially a business that is doing good in the world and i started a a carpooling business which it wasn't necessarily it never really went anywhere but it was good practice for me to learn how to market and how to build software that people might use just a very quick question over here because a lot of youngsters so honest confession i'm not into software development i have not i don't have a lot of idea about it but a lot of my friends a lot of people i know are into you know developing softwares and they are as keen as you are and i would really like to ask when they are in the space of you know developing software there is a lot of trial and error and at the same time when you're growing up you're trying to also you know fend for your own self like you really need to meet the ends and finance your life so in this stage how were you trying to finance your life while you were also trying to you know keep up with the obsession that you had with the software development 
Yeah, and that's the challenge that I was going to bring up that, I mean, I, I had a part-time job and I'd been able to accumulate some savings, but I, I made a few bad financial decisions. One was that I made some investments which were not wise. I basically invested all the money that I'd saved into one company on the stock exchange and that ended up going down in value quite precipitously, which left me in a bit of a, a difficult situation that I, I didn't really have much in the way of savings anymore. But I still was quite obsessed with this idea of the carpooling startup. So I ended up financing it with credit cards. I definitely would not recommend that. That probably set me back a couple of years of paying back that debt and the stress that was associated with it. Because at the time, I didn't really think about what it would mean to end up with, say, I think I had $30,000 of credit card debt which is fine if you've got a job, but I was trying to run this business and I was basically on unemployment benefits. Okay. You don't really have enough money to be able to pay back debt when you're on the dole. So I would, if I had my time again, I would have operated within the constraints that I had instead mm -hmm. of trying to hire other people to do the work with me. I would have done more of it myself, even if it took longer to get to the result that I wanted to. So I think that's quite important to be able to to be aware of cash flow and to not not go beyond your means. Right. Yeah, I think you're touching upon common challenges that a lot of people face and yet we are still not able to, you know, meet those challenges. But thank you so much for letting us know that what did not work out for you. I think that's really generous of you to share that. Because a lot of people can, you know, save their time and their money and efforts by taking a very calculative and a good decision uh, based on their circumstances that if they like to go forward in this journey, that what they really need to take care of. I also like to kind of circle back to what you just mentioned earlier about, you know, how you found ways to keep your obsession alive, but yet use that in a positive way. like. The, the the game that you really love, the online game that you love, could have been, you know, a, been a bit of an obsession which might have led you nowhere. But how you use that obsession of yours to learn something that has really helped you down the line. So I think that's an amazing takeaway that I would really like to emphasize over here. Like, and if really someone really likes something, always look out for, you know, what you can learn out of it and how you can build on it. So... And that was really interesting, uh, Jeremy. But we're moving ahead. I really like to understand while you were dealing with, you know, all these financial issues and the decisions that you made. Making decision is a vital thing of a life. And I think the earlier that we start making the decisions, we get better at it. But besides all these uh, problems that we can, you know, think of or we can better ourselves at, were you also going through some, you know, emotional or mental challenges that you were facing? Did you also, again, go back in the self-doubt uh, circle during this time? If yes, how did you deal with that? And if no, what kept you going? Yeah, I, I absolutely did. I went through quite a difficult period, period with my mental health where I was, I mentioned that I was into running and I basically took it too far and got into what's known as exercise bulimia where... I was binge eating and then binge exercising to the point where I was doing some weeks, 30, 35 hours per week of exercise and eating so much that it was really affecting my digestive system. So that was, 
that was not so good. And it was associated probably with the stress that I was going through with the financial situation that I was looking to, to deal with the anxiety. Running initially was a positive way for me to cope with it, but everything in too large a dose is often not that great. So that, that was something that I had to go through to find a support group that could help me to deal yeah. with the, those feelings and to find better coping strategies. So it wasn't probably until I was 24, I believe, when I found that group and I, I started learning other strategies, meditation, journaling, having confidants who I could talk to about the stress that I was going through. And at that point, I was able to, to then much more effectively deal with the situations that confronted me to make better decisions. Because I, I think when, when I was in that kind of mental health challenge, it's very hard to make clear decisions. And yes. Even though, I mean, I, during that time, I, I went through university, I graduated with first class honours, so it's not like I was going nowhere, but it, was, it came at a, a big cost to my physical and mental health. I didn't really feel like I was moving forward in the way that I wanted to until I had addressed that issue with the, yeah, with the mental health, with the, the excessive eating and the excessive exercise. And now I exercise, but it's in its right place. It's not 35 hours per week and I'm not binge eating anymore. That makes life a lot more manageable. You know, I completely agree with you, Jeremy, over there when you said that when you are in that mental state when you're not feeling good at all maybe you're depressed you're under pressure it's very difficult to take decisions that can help you get out of it that was so mm -hmm. right and bang on and you being able to accept your situation and take the decision to seek for help and you've really helped us understand what are the different ways that one can really look out for help meditating reaching out for help asking for help and finding that confidant i think what I see in your journey is that you did have the challenges, but you have always had that will to get out of the situation or make it your, better for yourself. Or probably you always seek for, the, I mean, you have that in your mind that you can do this. And that's why you're, al you're always finding ways, you know, how you can better yourself in the situation. So thank you so much for sharing all those with us as well, because it's not easy to share such important and difficult times uh, of your life with a lot of people, but everyone who's listening to us today, youngsters or anyone, I'm sure if they're going through difficult times, they will understand that the first step is to accept what they're going through and to reach out for help. So Jeremy, yeah. moving out from there, I think what we are going to discuss is something very, very interesting and very, very important. What I feel is how did you take the big leap of actually selling your first software that you developed and where did you get the confidence from? What were the challenges and how did you just do it? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the first app that I've built, but it was the first one that reached some level of success. So the, the backstory was that I, I got into this credit card debt. I realized I needed a job. So I I essentially got a job as a software developer and did that for a couple of years. On the side, I was still doing some consulting work. And out of that consulting work, I found that a lot of people were asking for similar needs. And I ended up, after people were asking me to do it for their, for their system, I realized that, hang on, it's not just this person, but about five people have asked me to do the same thing. There might actually be a market for a product here. That's where I got started with the SMS plugin that I built. 
So I, I essentially, I took what I had done in consulting and packaged it together into a, an app and published it on the, the Zoho marketplace. It, it's an SMS plugin for Zoho CRM. Quite a, a small niche, an area where it's not like, say, publishing on the Google Play app store where there's millions of apps on the Zoho marketplace. There's only maybe, I think at the time of writing, or at the time of this podcast, maybe a thousand apps on there. Wow. I was probably in the first 200 or so, which meant that mine was able to stand out, even though it wasn't very good initially. It had a lot of problems with it. It was quite clunky. But because I was an early mover there and because I was very responsive to customer feedback, I ended up being able to build something that two years after we launched, it, was, it had 500 customers using it, a decent amount of revenue coming in. And it was in a position where a larger company was interested in buying it off me because they realized that if they were to try and build it themselves, that it would take them probably two years. And in the meantime, I'd be further ahead. Yeah, it's been a, an interesting journey. I got a lot of support both during the process of building the app and also the process of selling it. That it was definitely an experience that I wasn't capable of doing on my own, but I had an advisor there with me to guide me through it and a legal team and many other people who helped. That That's incredible. I think I'd like to just congratulate you again for that. Thanks. I think what I hear from your journey over here is that you were the first few to kind of, you know, launch it uh, online and you had that confidence within yourself that you just to give it a try it's very scary to be amongst the first ones to do anything and what was really uh, i think fruitful for you was that you were responsive to the customer feedback which you just mentioned so i think that mm. being the biggest part of it to have a open perspective and an open mind when you are putting your product out there it's like putting your baby out there after working on it for like so, so many years so many months and then you are opening it for judgment to people and you have to be very, very open to understand that what works and what doesn't work and really work on it fast. So I think these things were really interesting to know that you really worked on it and uh, didn't shy away from the feedback that you got. And what if you could just summarize in one word and probably it's more like an advice to the youngsters who are out there and willing to do something and taking that big leap. What is one thing that they should keep in mind when they are taking the big leap towards their goal? Someone is a, a programmer. I think that the two words would be customer development, that there's a, a tendency, probably not just for programmers, but for everyone to want to go away and, and build something without really talking to people and just assume that they've got a great idea, that there's a lot of evidence showing that that approach doesn't work that well, that it's far better if you take the time up front to talk to customers and figure out what they want before you go and build something. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It was such a pleasure chatting to you today, understanding your mindset, your background, where you come from, what really, really excites you and how you have you know, created an, your own path and been fearless and fierce in the journey that you have started on. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. And before you take your leave, I just wanted to ask you one thing. What has been the most favorite thought or a saying that you really resonate with and probably live by that you would like to share with our listeners today? There's one I like, 
which is relevant to people who are studying, which is that memorizing is not something that happens by chance, but something that you can actually choose. It's a quote by someone who heavily uses an app called Anki. And I'd highly recommend that to anyone who's studying. I look back on my university years and realize that I don't necessarily rem remember a lot of what I learned there because I wasn't using what's called spaced repetition software. And that, that quote is essentially arguing that if you use an app like Anki, which allows you to, to choose what things you're going to memorize, then you're going to retain the knowledge, not just for your exams, but for years afterwards. I'd highly recommend that to everyone that get Anki or Quizlet or some kind of spaced repetition app if you're studying. It'll make you do better at your exams and it'll mean that 10 years down the line that you're not going to be like me where you barely remember anything from your studies. <laughs> That's an honest confession and a true software developer, an obsessed software developer, I would say. Thank you for being on my first step ever. And for our listeners who have really enjoyed Jeremy's journey and really are interested to know that how he is really going forward with the software development journey, how he made the first pitch, the first sale, and what's coming up next. I will leave a link below on my Insta account. Hi, my friends. If you have reached thus far today, firstly, thank you so much. It really means that you have learned something out of today's episode and you have enjoyed so why don't you share it with me and let me know that what is that you have learned and what would you like to listen more in the upcoming episodes. I love to build a relationship with my viewers and audiences and know what really is that helping them. So you can follow me on my Instagram handle which is at my first step ever underscore in and subscribe to my YouTube channel for weekly video updates. And yes, if you like what I do over here, follow my first step ever on Google, Apple or Spotify and please drop your rating to my show and comment. Well, this can be a way you can help me achieve my dreams to reach out to millions who need to hear this as I help you in your journey in taking the first step ever. Until next time, start believing in yourself and most importantly, keep believing in yourself.